As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by Denise Salcedo, the hardest working person in all of sports infotainment. You lucky, lucky man. Oh, that was a new intro. (laughs) I'm going to try to surprise you every now and then. Um, it's a bit of a long show today, which we were just talking about before we started recording this bit, where it was like, man, we just we need to like rattle through some of these questions sometimes because we just go on and on and on. But thank you very much for listening regardless. I hope you enjoyed. We're going to kick things off with the news that apparently Vince McMahon is not high on uh, Keith Lee. Andrade announced the black doesn't see anything in them. But why is that? Here is the show. And Queen third place, Denise Salcedo. You know, that's actually my third time getting, no, sorry, my second time getting third place on Quizzlemania. My first mm-hmm. time on Quizzlemania, I got third place. And then I don't remember what, I don't remember what Sean and I got. What did you and I get? Were we uh, last we, place? I, th- I don't think we came last because I think we beat no. me and Ollie. Okay, so I've never, so I've never gotten above second place, third and fourth, or third and last is where I usually stay at. <laughs> I haven't felt the second place pleasure yet. But this time, Denise, I, I think this third place meant more because you beat the reigning champion. Like right? I, the reigning champion came last this week, so like you did way better than like and a man who has won Quizzlemania quite a few times. So I think that's an achievement in of itself. I think so too. It's like it's like I got a win over like I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone like amazing, like someone that <laughs> I just got like a major win. I, I'm the rookie. I'm the rookie that got like this major win. You know, this was my Leon Ruff, Johnny Gargano moment. I was gonna say <laughs> you're right, the one, two, right three now. kids. You're exactly. There you go. Razor Ramon. There you go. I right. had my moment, man. 
<laughs> the one, two, third place gal. Uh, right, so let's uh, get into uh, the show itself. So this, uh, there's two reports that we've got here. The first one comes from Ringside News. So that comes with its own caveats of like, it is Ringside News. They have, they have had a few like, reports as of late that have actually been proven correct but also they don't have they don't have the greatest track record i'd say in the long run i would say if it comes to ringside news i would take it with a little pinch of salt but they're currently reporting that there's pushback on keith lee because of vince mcmahon uh they quote lee is incredibly gifted for his size and he moves around well but they've yet to find that special spark in mcmahon's opinion one tenured writer confirmed to us that Keith Lee's promos have not caught on fire. Then again, it was explained to us that no one is really excelling in that area apart from Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Randy Orton, Edge, the Street Profits, and Lacey Evans. Uh, so according to the report, Keith Lee's position on the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, where he's meant to be in the triple threat with Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle, is, quote, up in the air. Um, it was on on Monday they said that he was injured, uh, so he was in doubt for the match. But I, I, there hasn't been anything since that. I just assumed that they there was a way to keep him off TV for the week, and he will be in the match on Sunday. Um, but what do you think about this report? Well, wasn't there already earlier reports that Vince wasn't all that hot on Keith Lee? Like, he came in, and I mean, this is kind of something from the beginning where they said that I don't think he really met the expectations that Vince might have had for him. And that's why he necessarily didn't get skyrocketed right when he came into the main roster. So I, like Randy Orton on his first pay-per-view, like yeah, they, 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 they stabbed him in the uh, that, That's what I mean. Like they, like, I think that they kind of established him really high at the start. They did the Randy Orton thing. And then we got nothing after that. Like it all fell apart. And as you say, like you, you're right, there's been those reports. He got sent back to the performance center to learn to work like a big man. Like, I feel I've heard so many different stuff now in terms of how Vince has felt about Keith Lee, whether it be like, you know, people have talked about his gear, his weight, his size, and now his promos. And it just seems to me like this doesn't feel new to me whatsoever. It feels like something that has sort of been there already that I feel like I've already heard of that he has. He's not necessarily keen on Keith Lee. And obviously, like, you know, us as fans, we could be like, oh, well, we love Keith Lee or we want to see Keith Lee. And I am a first believer that if anybody uh if anybody is like really pushed and they I feel like Keith Lee has what it takes to get to a certain point and obviously we won't know for sure unless he's handed or given the right opportunities given the right opportunities he also needs to you know get those opportunities he can work as hard as he wants but if they're not at doing their part to help him out then you know we're never going to see him hit his full potential is what I'm trying to get at here so it does kind of suck for Keith Lee and I do feel bad because again this is something that I we've been hearing about for quite some time now yeah, I mean, it, it really, uh, this one hits quite, like, quite hard because like Ollie and I have been doing this podcast since about 2016, I think we started doing the WrestleTalk podcast. And if there's been one guy whose praises we've been singing from the very start of this show, it's Keith Lee, because we used to see him on Rev Pro shows, which were, you know, down the road from uh, our offices. So we used to go to the Rev Pro shows and see him then, like the match he had with um, Tomohiro Ishii, uh, which is just like one of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life is. And so like, we've been singing his praises again and again and again. So when he got signed to NXT, we were like so excited because we were like, yes, finally, here we go. And then the NXT run, I don't think was particularly that great either it took him like two years to get started like going in nxt which was so frustrating finally he does and by the time like, when he actually starts to get some nxt momentum he's already onto the main roster and then the main roster run has been 
aside from the Randy Orton thing, a bit of a wet fart of nothing. Yeah, as you say, <laughs> you had the the music, we had the 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 gear change, this and the other, that made him wrestling in t-shirt and stuff. And I was like, oh, I'm not. I, I think we are heading for some troubled waters here. And yeah, it 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 really really sucks, and it and it stings because I think he's is such an he's such a nice guy. And he's always been really kind to to me and Ollie when when he's met us. He's recorded us messages and things like that. And like every time I've spoken to him, he's always been really really great. So yeah, this one in particular, this one this one stings me personally, which is why right. I, the, the, this report stings me. I get you. And here's the thing too is that you mentioned his NXT run, and remember when he had like that grand moment? Oh God, what was it when NXT did the when? He he, when he got when he was an NXT champion and North American champion, I remember when the spoilers came out. It kind of took a little bit out of that for me. But I, if I remember correctly, that actually does having the spoiler of him actually winning ended up helping out the ratings that week. So it didn't yeah, necessarily yeah. like destroy that. But I just remember like, oh my god, they're really going for it. Like they're giving the guy two bouts here. Like this is the moment. I remember seeing the photo. Heck, I remember him winning and holding up the you know the bouts and having all the confetti fall and just that big moment and you're really thinking wow they're really going they're really riding this momentum with Keith Lee and then it kind of just all like exploded it diminished you know what like a few I don't even remember how long afterwards he's dropping the bow and then next thing you know that's it he's gone he's on it he's on the main roster yeah it really was felt like there's nothing memorable about his NXT title run really and like when me and me and laurie used to do the nxt podcast like it was week after week we were just so frustrated being like that it's been like 18 months and they've done nothing with keith lee and now i'm with i almost feel like i'm doing the same thing with kashida now where like you know the kashida signs to, to nxt and i'm like do something with him like he's been there for so long and it's like you know this is what his second takeover match that he's had like granted it was a banger against johnny gargano but i'm like how are we at this point here he's only having his second takeover match or how many it is so yeah the keith lee one i find is frustrating but like i suppose the question i've got is is why do you think the Vince doesn't get Keith Lee? I don't know, because when I think about what I personally like about Keith Lee, I think for, it's not his promo work for me. It's not that. I, I do think that, yeah, I could agree in that he could use some work. Okay. But what makes me a fan of Keith Lee, it's more of just like the intensity that he brings into the matches. That's personally what I like. So to me, that's what captivates my attention and makes me a fan of Keith Lee but I do get it like you know I wouldn't consider him one of my favorite wrestlers but that doesn't mean that he can't get a proper run and a proper opportunity just because oh no, he's not my favorite it doesn't matter he can definitely become one of my favorites but I really do think that that he has something there and I don't think it's been fully tapped into so I feel like we're missing out. And all I can say is that my favorite thing about him really is the intensity that he puts into the matches that he has. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of his promo style because I think it, it it's different from everyone else. But I also think that might be why it's not getting on board with with Vince McMahon. Like Vince McMahon's a promo guy. Like he, like they've always said that if the two things to get you ahead in uh, WWE is to have a great body and to have a great promo. Like if you've got those two things, you can have like you don't need anything else because those two things will essentially carry you along the way. And like as soon as Keith Lee debuted and they changed his gear to cover up his top half, I'm like, okay, he's in trouble because oh, it made it worse. By the way, I didn't like it with the t-shirt, but like the top portion of it. Ex exactly, yeah, because because Vince is such a body guy, and I'm like, well, that's bad from the very get go because that means that a he doesn't like the way that he looks, and then b they stopped him cutting promos, and I'm like, okay, that means 
B, he doesn't like the, the promos either. No, and yeah, so I think if because he hasn't got either of those things, that's probably what's holding it back. It's nothing to do with his in-ring work because to Vince McMahon, that doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how impressive he is in the ring because that's not what Vince is about. Vince is about the look and the presentation. So that I think that's most likely what is, like you said, is probably just what's going to hold him back is the, the promo stuff. And they sent him back to NXT to work like a big guy. I would have wagered they'd probably send him back there to go to do some promo classes and learn to cut a promo like the, the to cut the WWE promo. I would wager, and yeah, we'll we'll certainly see the, him not being on the chamber. I think is we'll we'll know more about this on Sunday whether he is actually in the the, the chamber triple threat match uh, with Bobby Lashley and, and Matt Riddle. But yeah, it has been very quiet since Monday on that. Yeah, it has. It really has, and I just think that. Dude, it kind of sucks, though, for Keith Lee, though, you know, getting like, hey, you're getting called up that you get this opportunity. And it's just been like, you know, a couple of hits, but nothing that really stuck stuck there. Yeah. So this other report comes from Dave Meltzer, who I would argue is a much more reputable source, but this is the Internet. So and people listen to Bruce Pritchard, so perhaps not. Um the quote is, Vince does not see anything in Alistair Black or Andrade or any of those guys that were uh, that were there when Heyman lost his position. The only oh. one that ended up not being completely effed was Shayna because I guess they like the idea of Shayna and Nia Jax, so she got brought back. Pretty much everyone else, they're in uh, they're with Bo Dallas in catering. So yeah, so the two names there, like these are the, the guys that Paul Heyman, when he was in charge of Raw, were really trying to get behind was Alistair Black and Andrade. We actually talked about this on um, the news on Monday because... Kurt Angle did his show talking about how Paul Heyman was really high on Cedric uh, Alexander, but then Cedric made one mistake. So Vince McMahon buried him for six months, like, and punished him for six months, you know, and like, that's why, like, last year we just thought very much nothing of Cedric until he turned heel and joined the Hurt business. And yeah, I think Alistair Black and Andrade are very much in that group as well of guys that Paul Heyman really liked, but Vince McMahon never really got. So, Luke, when I read this report, I thought, Alistair Black? Alice, it might like someone clean my ears out because I don't feel like I'm hearing the right name. Like, Luke, okay, I don't consider myself this like brilliant booker. You know, there's people that have really great minds when it comes to booking wrestling and all of that, right? Like they can, mm -hmm. you know, just piece things together. I mean, you know, we've heard stories, but for me, it is just so darn easy to see something in Alistair Black, it doesn't take, you know, a special mind to see that the guy has got it all. I mean, he's got the look, he's got the size, he's got the body, he's got this, you know, interesting persona. I mean, the guy looks like he would, you know, kill you in the ring or whatever. And so I personally, when I heard Alistair Black's name, I could not fit that into my head. For me, I could think of so many matchups, so many dream matchups. One of the ones that I've been talking about nonstop that I would like to see would be him and Drew McIntyre. Immediately, when you think of a possible opponent for Drew McIntyre, I don't know how a lot of people can't think of Aleister Black as being one of those people, right? Okay, mm -hmm. and now Andrade. What the heck, man? That guy has so much darn charisma. And people are always talking about, you know, WWE has been looking for their next Latino star. They've been looking for their next Latino star. And I said this on Twitter, but I think one of the people that obviously would be phenomenal would be Santos Escobar. All right. But I also think that Andrade would be one of those people. The guy, mm -hmm. I, 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 I just don't get it. I don't get it. I really do think yeah. that they can do so much with 
both Alistair and Andrade, even like, I, do, I hate to be picking sides here, but I even see more upside in those two than I do in Keith Lee. Like if I'm going to start comparing, all right, this is just comparing those three people. I would say that there's a little bit more upside with them too, but that's not to take away from Keith Lee because they can do so much there, but I just can't, I can't fathom it. This one, I, I can't get it. Yeah, I mean, uh, like Alistair Black or Tommy End is another guy that, you know, I, I, we know I, uh, we know very well over here from the UK scene. And he was one of those guys where you're like, oh, yeah, he's got it. Like, he has got everything you absolutely need to, to be a top star in this business. And when he debuted in NXT as Alistair Black with that entrance and that theme song and, like, the whole presentation, like, we were like, boom, right there. There's your star. Like, that's your main event for the next couple of years, right? And he killed it in NXT. Absolutely killed it in NXT. I think they did a really good job with his run. You know, he was championed there, but he was having great matches. And then it comes to the main roster, and, like, the very first thing they do is put him in the tag team with Ricochet. And you're like, well, okay, well, that that makes very little sense to me then they started adding like the creek to the entrance and i'm like why do you need to why does a creek need to be added to this what does that add to this like a trapdoor uh, thing for it to go up <laughs> like and i was it was just like chipping away at my confidence in announced a black push they turned him heel and he's just been off tv since the draft like, oh you forgot the whole come knock on my door knock uh, on the door thing and how can I forget that, Denise? He did it for eight months. How can I possibly forget that promo that he was cutting week after week after week and just like, do something, man. That was terrible. But obviously we know that wasn't his idea or his, you know, way of no, doing all of this. Of we know that, right? But it was terrible. So maybe could, could that have been like his test? Like you can get this over and, you know, have <laughs> faith in you? I don't know. But I just kind of feel like, what the heck, man? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. The Andrade one makes probably even less sense to me because, like, they love Charlotte, right? And they're dating. And I would have thought, like, just in the way that, like, the wrestling business works, if you've got some, if you're dating someone who is a top star, that usually helps you get pushed as well. I'm not saying that that's the reason why he's dating her, because obviously not. They're very much right. in love, and I'm very, very happy for them. They're having a great, grand old time as a relationship. But, like, being associated with one of your top stars usually equals a push. How has that not happened for Andrade, given the fact that, A, he's incredibly talented, B, he's so charismatic, C, he is a handsome dude as well. Like, he looks great. You can put that face on a poster and that poster sells tickets he is a great like he's a he has got the it factor that you need like the first thing they did when you brought him to nxt was take off the mask some people did not like that but triple h was like dude have you seen how good he looks like that you don't hide that face behind a mask like he is he's right. a guy that sells tickets based off how good he looks so yeah it's the andrade one i really don't get I was going to say, okay, yeah. Also, do you remember like the start of the COVID situation where WWE before pre-Thunderdome and all of this? I mean, for a while, I felt like all of all of Raw was Zelina, Angel Garza, Andrade. Uh, it, they were like the ones that you would see on a weekly basis. And granted, it wasn't like the greatest content ever. But still, like, don't you think there's some sort of brownie points to be earned there? Like you were there, like, you know, sh you know working your hump when this whole thing was going down in front of no audience and, you know, just like really weird atmosphere. Oh, I don't man. know, man. I just feel like those are, those are all three guys that I could definitely see. I, I see a lot more possibilities with them with, than some of the other guys or some of the other people that we see on the roster. And so I don't know. It's kind of weird. 
this is my this is purely speculation on my part. I just want to put that out there. This is purely speculation on my part. Uh, for the Alistair Black thing, I I wonder if one of the things that goes against him is that he can't be on Saudi shows because of his tattoos that he's got. He is one of those people that is banned from being on the Saudi Arabia shows. And but isn't I wonder that, if there's a, Sammy Zayn is too, right? Well, Sammy Zayn is as well. But yeah, my, the the point I was going to make was I wonder if that is like it's it's almost holding. Vince back from being like, well, I can't pull the trigger on him because I can't then have him as a top guy who's over there. Like Sammy's just a mid-card guy. Like it's fine to, to kind of sort of push him around to that and his, you know, the comedy goofball, goofball stuff that he does. But like, I, I just wonder if that is, and again, as I said, this is just purely speculation on my part, but it's like, I can't pull the trigger on him as a main guy because I can't put him on the big shows that we do over there. Well, see, I just don't, I mean, from my perspective, I just don't think that that should be something to knock oh, no. a guy down and not, you know, give him a career or some sort of, you know, opportunity. Because I mean, it's only, it's not like they're doing shows there every single week, heck, even every single month, you know, it's a lot more rare when they do shows over there. So I just feel like, okay, maybe you wouldn't be able to put them in a marquee match, but you have other guys that you can use during those moments. Yeah, I know. As I said, that's just pure speculation. It was just something that popped into my head there of being like, why wouldn't Vince push him? That was one of the things that came in. And I get it too, because you're like, okay, well, he has the entire package, right? So what's missing? Why isn't he? You got to start thinking like different. Like, I mean, you can think of that. That could be a reason. You could think maybe some bad blood over the situation with Zelina. Um, oh, yeah. I, the knock on my door stuff <laughs> probably didn't go over well. That's all I re really could think of here. Yeah, uh, I mean, okay, so let's uh, talk about the uh, AEW NXT Wednesday Night Rating Wars. Great week for both shows. Dynamite drew uh, 747,000 viewers on TNT, while NXT, uh, following Vengeance Day, drew 713,000 viewers. So really, really good for both of them. Both of them uh, did well in the uh, all-important 1849 demographic. Dynamite was up just under a percent uh, from last week's key demo was up nearly 7%, though. NXT's viewership, though. 30%, 27.8% up from last week's number. Like that is a great, great climb. You got that brilliant post pay-per-view bump. And there was a lot of hype coming out of Vengeance Day as well. So it was a really, really good week for NXT. I thought NXT Vengeance Day was fantastic. So I'm glad mm -hmm. that it got the proper bump that we saw in the ratings this week, uh, especially following that pay-per-view. The show itself, I thought was okay. I didn't really think there was anything that completely stood out in my mind. I mean, everything that's interesting for me on NXT is definitely everything that's going on with the Undisputed Era and Finn Balor and, you know, that entire program, right? But everything else for me is kind of just there. And then on AEW, I... You know, I've said this, but my favorite, my, you know, aside from like everything that's going on with the Bucks and the Good Brothers and Kenny and John Moxley and all of that, aside from that, my favorite stuff is everything that they're doing with Matt Hardy and Hangman Page. I love all of that. I thought that was hilarious. Sorry, but I did think that a lot of the other stuff that was on the show was also just okay. Like I could have done without the, you know, the Orange Cassidy Luther match. You know, I could have done without mm -hmm. some of those stuff. But for the most part, I thought it was two okay shows that had some pretty big moments during those shows but just not an entire just i didn't think the entire show for either show was all that great yeah like, i mean I, I, yeah i really enjoyed uh, AEW this weekend and nxt to to a certain degree and like i mean ollie got some heat yesterday for his AEW review because he gave it a three out of five and i was like dude how would you give that show three out of five like, that's a four out of five show but like i think like ollie was saying four that, out of five yeah i, I mean i thought it was ollie's three out of five <laughs> 
I mean, I gave it also a four out of five because I just, you know, I, I loved the the main event and I loved the the announcement from from Kenny at the end of the show, and I really enjoyed. I, I, I'm so into the. Oh, Matt wait, Hardy. did he give AEW the three out of five or AEW AEW three out of five? Oh, yeah. I thought he gave NXT the three out of five. Excuse me, sorry, I heard that wrong. Okay, AEW. Well, I don't blame him on that one either because there were a couple things in between that I wasn't necessarily crazy about. So maybe like a three point five. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's get to Meltzer's. Like, we'll get to the Meltzer. We'll do like three and three quarters, and everything. Yeah, we can really stretch this out. <laughs> uh, okay, before we dive into the Patreon mailbag, very excitingly, um, obviously we'll talk about the podcast move, which is also exciting. But Pete's music video punishment is coming out this Saturday. So Pete came last in the last season of Wrestle League um, because he gave a lot of his points to Ollie Davis so that he could win the championship. And that meant that he lost Wrestle League. And he had to do his music video punishment. The people voted, and the people voted for him to do Billy Gunn's Ass Man. So that is coming out this Saturday. I've seen the video. It is great. And we've actually got a little tease for it for you now. I'm an ass man. Yeah, I'm an ass man. The full video is coming out this oh, Saturday. Good. I wanted to see more. I will tell you this. The the butt on screen <laughs> came at me out of nowhere. I was like, okay, this is going to be cute and, and, you know, silly. And then all of a sudden there's a butt on my screen. <laughs> Wait, so uh editor rich oh my god it makes me cry every time i see it my editor rich posted it up yesterday for us to like give some feedback on and both me laurie and adam was like need more man ass like that is if there's one thing that's missing from this video it's more man ass it's i think i Pete saw gave... a lot of like hair there too like full-on hairy body he's a, ha a hairy dude man he is a hairy hairy guy he is this is the one of the few times where ollie and i have watched the music video punishment and gone like this genuinely does feel like a punishment video this feels like yeah you might as well do I'm sexy and I know it. <laughs> like you can probably swap out the music and you can do like two versions of that, you know? Oh man. So yeah, the full version of that is going to be on Saturday in Pete News. I cannot wait for everyone to see it. It's so, so great. Right. Okay. So we are also moving this podcast as of this coming Monday, the Elimination Chamber Review. This podcast series are reviews of pay-per-views, Raw, AEW, SmackDown, and of course, the best show of the week, the magazine show with me and Denise, is moving exclusively to the WrestleTalk podcast channel. So uh, head on over there. There's a link to it in the video description down below. We're just on this channel for this. It's kind of like we've done dual streams and we're doing like cross-promotional stuff. So it is going to be on that channel as of Monday. If you cannot find this show next Friday and you're on the main WrestleTalk channel, you're like, I don't know where it is. Don't come crying to me about it on Twitter. Because if you do, I'll just point you in the right direction. I'm a nice guy. So I want you to find the new show. Head on over to the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Give that a subscribe. All of our podcast content is going over there. Right, last bit of admin to do. Um, Quizzlemania, obviously, was a great uh, time on Wednesday. Not only did you come third, we also crowned a brand new Quizzlemania champion in Melina. So Melina uh, will be coming back to defend her crown. But perhaps, yes. perhaps more importantly, 
We were raising money for the NSPCC in conjunction with WWE, and uh, we our target was five thousand dollars. We raised just over sorry four, sorry five thousand pounds. We raised just over four thousand pounds through you guys for fantastic donations. So we added a thousand pounds onto that to get us over our target in the end. So we have now I can put the thing up. Boom! We have raised five thousand one hundred and sixty pounds for the NSPCC, and the link is still open, so you can still go and give your donations there. Uh, it's a very, very good cause, NSPCC and Childline. We're really, really proud of uh, the work that we did. And yeah, so uh, it was it was a really, really good moment. We're really happy to raise that money for charity. And I got to be besties with Molina. I got to tell you, <laughs> internally, I was like, ah, like, sorry, to all the audio listeners just heard me squeal, but I was fangirling, like internally, I was like, oh my God, I'm here with Molina, like, let's the sink in. Well, on that subject, we actually talked about um, the splits thing when Melina came to our office a couple of years ago. She, uh, we, we watched the you'd left by that point because you had to go and do your work for Wrestling Observer, which is absolutely fair enough. Um, but we, I found the video and uh, we, we did. So I've got it here for you now. So to set this up a little bit, Melina came to our offices a couple of years ago because she was uh, hanging out with Val and um, one of the things we thought would be really funny to do is if she taught us how to do the splits. Uh, or at least, you know, we'll do this business. She can give us some encouragement and give us some points and things like that. And it didn't go particularly well. Uh, there's some just wacky music to this, but here's how it went. Very silly. Y'all did horrible, horrible. Yeah. You were wearing really shorts though, weren't you? Yeah, it yeah. was in the summer, yeah. How, okay, so like, I get the other guys doing it in jeans and all being struggled, but Luke, how did you struggle with shorts? Dude, I'm so inflexible. Like, I'm really inflexible. I can like, tell. I, I'm not even going to pull the illness card here, but I'm very, very inflexible. Like I've got very, very bad joints and everything. And um, I, uh, yeah, I, I struggle to get down. Like I'm, I, I can't, do you know what? I can't touch my toes. I am you so can't like- can't touch your I toes? Cannot touch my toes. What? Do you stretch? Did you stretch like in, in high school or anything like that? Yeah, no, in high school it is. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's because I got, I got diagnosed a couple of years ago with ulcerative colitis. I don't think it's because of that. But I, but it, like that does make my bones a lot weaker. And so, and like, it does make me like, I get, I get stiff a lot easier. Like my, like my fingers crack a lot. Like if I'm driving, I have to like stretch out my wrists, like every couple of miles and stuff and get like loud You're like cracks a toy. in my <laughs> I am a little bit, yeah, I'm a really, I'm a, I'm a stiff toy basically. So toy. I don't know if that helps. You need to be a plush. You need to lose <laughs> You're just like walking around driving with your stiff fingers. That is so sad. Look, you need a stretch every single day. Dude, I do, man. I'm doing my push-ups. Do when I, do, I do. So I'm doing push-ups every single day. When I do push-ups, my whole body cracks. Like every single one. Like my shoulders crack, my my elbows crack, every part of my body cracks whenever I do push-ups or any form of exercise. But so I'm kind of I think that might be one of the reasons. I'm also just I'm incredibly inflexible. Those shorts I'm wearing as well, they're three-quarter length shorts. They come like almost down to my ankles, which is why I'm rolling them up. I thought that might help and it didn't it really didn't have you ever done yoga I have done yoga yeah I used to do DDP yoga okay maybe you continue that I think you will flex out a little bit more because I firmly believe that like anybody can be like flexible as long as like you know they get the I don't know the the training I don't know yeah, every like, day. I mean, 
I, I, DDP yoga, like I will stand by DDP yoga, if only because like AJ Styles for a period of time could not walk. Like, you know, there was like, he was going into Wrestle Kingdom and people were like, this might be one of his final matches because his back is absolutely shot. You start doing DDP yoga, look at him now. Like he is still wrestling like he was 15 years ago. Dude's incredible. And like, I think the program really works. And I am, you know, I have tried it and I have done it for a little bit. It, ha- it did actually, you know, it did help me and it made me feel very good. Uh, but I'm also a very busy man and I also don't have time to do yoga like every day. <laughs> you're like i'm a very busy man i'm a very I busy do. man denise yes. Dude, i do i do 12 hour days for this channel like i have no time for yoga how dare you make time for your health you know that's just <laughs> absurd actually i want to I'm... do ddp yoga i've never done it seen it or tried it oh it's 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 great and ddp is so so good one of my favorite ones is there's like this really intense workout because like ddp is so great like he's so lovable and stuff and there's this really intense workout one that you can do and there's this dude and he's like on the back left i think who is jacked like he's this big jack dude and he's got this huge heart monitor thing on him to like recognize his heart monitor and um like they're doing all of these stretches and stuff and ddp says to the guy at the back how are you doing back there How's your heart rate going? And the guy just yells, through the roof, baby. And DDP is just, <laughs> and DDP is like, well, let's don't, don't send it through the roof. Like it's meant to be a calming thing. <laughs> How cute. I want to see that. Yeah, I need to do it. We, I got to do it. I got to do it. You got to do it. And then we got to come in here and we got to show Melina that we can do her splits. There you go. Get in touch, DDP. We'll do a sponsorship thing. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash post. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everyone, it's Luke Owen here from the WrestleTalk podcast, just letting you know that the video versions of the WrestleTalk podcast is now on a new and exclusive home. If you've been watching the WrestleTalk podcast video version uh, for the last four years, you'll have known it was on WrestleTalk, but because of YouTube algorithms and uploads and blah de blah views etc etc we've been instructed by some very very smart intelligent algorithm boffins that our uploads are kind of like they're butchering some of the plays so what we've done is we've now moved the rest talk podcast off of wrestle talk and are putting it on an exclusive youtube home wrestle talk podcast nothing else is changing you're still going to get your pay-per-view reviews raw aew smackdown the magazine show with myself and denise if you do watch the video version of these podcasts by the time Elimination Chamber rolls around, it will only be available to find on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. Don't go to WrestleTalk, you'll only find the WrestleTalk news there. WrestleTalk podcast channel. But if you just search WrestleTalk podcast, you should still be able to find it. That's all from me. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, right, let's dive into the Patreon mailbag. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over at patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk at any dollar amount. Leave a comment in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do not email me. We'll just lose it. Bad at my job. Reese Degnan says, hello, Team Danuk. Hope you're both doing well. As you've both been covering wrestling for some time now, what's been your favorite year of wrestling to cover as a journalist, correspondent, entertainer? And if it's not 2020, how does last year compare? Kind regards, Reese. I got to vote 2020 because 2020 was the year that I got a bunch of work. So for me, it really <laughs> felt like the first year where I was actually like covering wrestling full time because prior to that, I was doing it part time since 2018. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm officially doing it full time. So I got to vote 2020 because that was the year that I got work. I got money and it was good. <laughs> um i need to one second i need to just double check my my dates here uh do, 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 do. are you checking your hire date what day no, no, my hire date. i'm just checking i'm just checking when it's actually yeah. okay yeah so for me like outside of 2020 because that was a, a fascinating year to kind of like be in this gig like when the when the pandemic first started as well we were like proper panicking like we were just like we were making like alternate plans of what will happen when wrestling stops like we uh we bookmarked a load of like okay here's we'll do this period of raw like we'll still do raw reviews we'll just watch like the, and we'll just watch raw to week to week to week but we'll do it from this year and we'll do it these big watch longs and everything you know that that is at least content that we can put out and people might enjoy it did that we're going to do the same thing for smackdown for nxt and and you know oh and whatever and i think we were going to do wcw for AEW, but um then like wrestling just carried on we were like oh, okay and it's thank just god. Like, <laughs> and thank god right and like all of a sudden like the news started doing really well there was always these stories coming out we were like yeah like last year was an insane year uh to cover in this gig um the amount of times i spoke to people and they were like oh man you you must be really struggling for work right now because of wrestling and i'm like oh no wrestling's still going wrestling is a You're it's like, a sport that's it's, well, it's such a belligerent in florida 
I know. And I said, like, wrestling is the most belligerent sport in the world, but it's still going to continue in a pandemic. And they were like, but surely that's the most close contact thing. And I was like, yep, but they're just doing it. And that's that's the world I work in. Um, but actually, the year that really jumps out to me is that I've absolutely like loved covering was 2018. Because you started like with the um, like the, the Kenny uh, when Jericho went across to, to for Wrestle Kingdom, right? So like that was like super excited. Then like all the build up to All In and like all like I remember like me and Ollie just being so excited about All In and like I think that was one of New Japan's best years as well. So it was like awesome to cover all the New Japan stuff that was happening. So yeah, so I like. 2018 because we got to look back on it fairly recently for a patreon podcast and i loved doing all of that like that was such an exciting time that was when it was just me and ollie like doing wrestle talk and it was just me and him in the studio and we would just do like okay cool what's the news today and yeah i i, I thought 2018 was a really exciting year that's awesome i just miss going to live events like i miss <laughs> going and like waiting in line getting some food sitting down seeing what's gonna happen looking around all right now i'm bummed out but anyways <laughs> i miss it Dwayne the Gronk Johnson says on the podcast last week I noticed Denise said there was a period of time where she didn't watch wrestling I stopped properly watching in 2014 when Batista won the Rumble I started watching it again when Seth Rollins cashed in at Wrestlemania I think it might be 2015 that Batista won the Rumble I started watching when Seth Rollins cashed in at Mania my question is when uh, was there any storyline or moment that made you stop watching wrestling what made you get back into it so there wasn't anything that made me stop. I stopped because I was getting too wrapped up in college. I was in college and I was, you know, so busy with all of that. That's why I stopped. But there wasn't anything that brought me back because I was kind of always just there. I just wasn't mm. watching regularly. I was watching all the pay-per-views and keeping up with the news. But I wasn't, you know, tuning in every week for Raw or for SmackDown or anything like that. So there wasn't anything that brought me back. I think it was more of I was always going to come back. Yeah, I, I so I've, I mean, I've told the story a, a couple of times on this show, but like it was, I, I stopped watching when Hogan won the title in 2002. Like after the, you know, the end, of, I was excited when the NWO came in and then that fizzled out very, very quickly. And then Hogan won the title and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done with this now. Like all of my friends had stopped watching as well. So I was the only person that was still watching it from my friend group. And the, I remember I, every uh, Tuesday I would go to www.com and read what happened on Raw. <laughs> and I remember going on to WWE.com to read what happened on Raw, and they had a loser leaves WWE match between Raven and Tommy Dreamer, and Raven lost. And I was like, "Yep, that's, that's it. Now I'm really done. Like I'm, I'm done with this now." <laughs> You're like, "I'm seriously done." You know what makes me happy is that you said you went on WWE.com to read the results, and I was just talking about this with my fiance because I don't know what brought it up. Where I was like, "Oh, did you see this on WWE.com?" And he's like, "Denise, I've never been on WWE.com," and I'm like. <laughs> You've never been on the website? And he's like, no. I mean, besides going to the network website, yeah, but never on the actual WWE.com. And I was like, well, you're missing out. There's actually quite a few stuff in there you'd be, well, it might not be interested in, but I was interested in. But it was just funny, though. I was like, how many people really do go to WWE.com? To read the results of things like I, the only reason I go now to WWE.com is to get images for when we do like the reviews and stuff. Hey. And like, I need to get images or I'm like, I'm going to go and find out what the card is for a show that's coming up. But I never go on there to like read hey. articles or read the reports and stuff. And what, like, okay, so I mean, you will appreciate this then. What has happened to that website? Why have they hidden the gallery? They used like 
two years ago, a year ago, it used to be that every match had its own gallery and you would just go onto Raw and it'd be like, galleries you can click galleries and you can find all the matches and you can get all the images now they've condensed that onto one gallery thing and it's just like check out the best images from monday night raw and it's like 80 odd images and, and they've clicked through each and every you can't even like scroll to, if you're looking for a specific no. match or moment you got to go through all of them but now they've taken that off the, like the thing like so now it's just like watch the highlights read the results no, and now you gotta find it like photos. they have they have it there but it's not like it sometimes it's, it's not, in sub menus like it's not as easy to find as it was it's was. not it's not easily accessible and i know this because i go on for the exact same team to get the photos and i go on and i'm like oh they haven't uploaded it yet and then i come back in 20 minutes i'm like because i kind of estimate now like when the pictures go up like after raw and after the pay-per-views well, the pay-per-views helps because they send them over but the ones for like raw and smackdown they don't so i gotta go in and look for them but it's i go in for that and then also for the cards i because i almost feel like sometimes there's so many like rumored cards and you're like okay is this the official card though i gotta go into www.com to www.com to find the official card it's this whole thing yeah I mean, this shows you how important you are in terms of this wrestling challenge world. You get sent the images. We don't get, you don't sent, get them at sent the all. images. No, I have to go to the website to. No, I have to go to the website to find them. I have to do. I have to do the legwork myself. We don't get. They don't sent give them. you like a media like log where you log in and oh, they give no, you like no, assets for no, B-roll no. and sound bites absolutely and press. Not. No. Oh, what? Oh, absolutely not. I get those no. for pay-per-views. They sent me like um like press assets. So like, let's say I need like a fancy logo that says Elimination Chamber. They'll send that oh, to me. No. I've got to find that myself or make it myself. It's because, Denise, you're an important person. Like, get, we're just bums. I get high quality images. Like, I'm no, talking just, like mega. <laughs> I just download them from the internet. Like, I am. No wonder. Just... So, I share those when I get those. Like, I share some of the, the, some of the ones I like on Twitter. And then I get a bunch of retweets. And I'm like, why isn't anybody else sharing these? Like, these are some cool images. I feel so terrible. You know what though? Some pay-per-views they forget. But you know what? For the <laughs> I'm just trying to make you feel better now. It's absolutely fine. Like they don't like us much. Um Matt Field says, Hi Luke and D's. With the debut of Priest on the main roster, it got me thinking, who had the best debut in WWE history? Was it Sting in 2014, Kane in 97, Jericho in 99, AJ in 2016, Undertaker in 1990, or the Shield in 2012? What was the question? So who had the best debut? Who had like the best debut in WWE? AJ. I'm voting AJ. Yeah. AJ was a great one. I think it's like, for me, it's Kane because I just think they did such a great job of building that moment up for months and months and months. And then like that, that's gotta be Kane, like ripping off the cage door and everything. We did it for a Patreon podcast and dude, it's so great. And it holds up brilliantly. You got to listen. God, I think it was on X-Pac 1 to 360. I think when we had Kane on where he was talking about how like his car broke down before his <laughs> debut. Oh man, it's this whole story. It was pretty darn hilarious, but it just kind of reminded me of that. But I vote AJ Styles because everybody had been talking about like, oh, there's a possibility, but I don't think a lot of us really imagined or pictured AJ in WWE. So it was kind of like, Oh, oh, this is real. And he's 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 not going to NXT. Like he's on the main roster. Like that just kind of shows what a big deal he was and what a big get he was. And you know, he didn't come in with some dorky name. Like, no, he came in with his, you know, his name for the most part, you know, his packaging, but elevated. So it felt like a really big deal. 
yeah, the AJ one was really big. So like, you know, just two weeks earlier or like a three weeks earlier, he was at Wrestle Kingdom. And like that was like after Wrestle Kingdom, they were like, yeah, AJ's going to WWE, but I think we all thought he's going to NXT. And like him, Shinsuke and Gallows and Anderson, they'll all go to NXT. But yeah, he debuted at the Rumble. And we're like, oh, dang, like they're just going with this. And he's AJ Styles. You're like, yeah, it was a really, really cool moment. I wish they'd actually caught it on camera, but um, they, they've, edited it, they've edited it for the network and now you actually yeah. get to see it. Yeah. Uh, Callum says, is there a TV show finale that you love but people hate? For me, it's Lost. I think it's an ending that is very underrated and didn't deserve the hate that it got. Oh my God, Lost, the ending was so confusing. I didn't even know. I don't even think I understood it. I think I had to read, you know, those interviews that they do with the directors to like find out what it really meant. I had to read an interview to find out what the heck happened in the ending. I don't know what my answer is for this because the uh, the finales that I think of that I didn't like are the kind of a lot of the majorities of them of like shows that I got really into that I then finished like that had like a finale thing so like Dexter's finale was rubbish I didn't like the finale the finale to that 70s show but these are like pretty much the only shows that I can think of and no one really likes those or no and like there's there's no one who has a different opinion than that I think there's a better question what show has actually had a good finale because I feel every show that I watch the finale has been disappointing like I can't think of one show that I've watched that had a good finale I've got friends you thought that was a good finale, dude? That finale is ace, man. That two-parter no. with like the she, on the, you know, she got off the plane, like we're at the wrong airport. That was the, so the, boring. They could have you know, added the twins more. and everything. Oh no, I think it's great, man. Like that final shot of them, like you know, leaving the keys and uh, that's panning out the door. I think that was a, yeah, I I think that like was a that. great finale. I, I love it. I thought like it was a it. lovely finale. It still I makes me cry, man. I would have liked it if like, let's say they did that, right? They, they they leave their keys and they exit, whatever. But then they do like a 10 years later and they kind of show oh, us where no. they're at. I like no, that. I want to know. I want more information. Oh, Denise, that's not the way to do it. keys there. I want to have like a nice like 10 years later, this is what they're doing, like an update. The only, the only time I think that's really worked is when they did it on Parks and Rec. Like the finale of Parks and Rec is like, they show you like lots of different clips of like what happens to these characters. So like sort of jump forward 20 years, jump forward five years and this that, and the other. I think it works when they did it on there because it was a, you know, it's a really well put together show. But they've done it with friends with like, and they would have put them in aged makeup. It would have looked so bad. They didn't have to be super aged. They could have just, <laughs> I would have, I know. I mean, it had to be like 40 years. I don't think they would have aged that much in 10 years. You know? no, I think they would have. They would have. They would have tried to put some aged makeup on them. It would have been like Harry Potter. Do you remember like the ending of Harry Potter where like they're just standing there and it's just like, oh, now we're old. I don't remember Harry Potter that much. I watched it like one time in fifth grade, and that was it. Oh, I only remember it because I, my girlfriend at the time was massively into Harry Potter, so I went with her to see the finale. And I remember when that bit came up, I just went, "Ha!" Because <laughs> like, this <laughs> terrible aged makeup on them looks so stupid. <laughs> Um, Nate Simpson says, hi, Luke and Denise. I was watching Adam's updated favorite matches list and was thinking about when he posted his original favorite match list on what culture. Then remembered that other members of the channel also made their top 10 list, like Adam and Jack. And I really enjoyed those lists when they came out, seeing what matches everyone liked. I would like, uh, I think it'd be really great if the other members of WrestleTalk and the WrestleTalk extended family did their favorite match videos. If they've got the time, I know you're super busy, Denise. Thank you guys. So, I also think it'd be really fun to do. The other problem is, mate, is I don't think anyone cares. Like, I don't think anyone particularly cares. Like, so I don't think, like, if we put up, like, my favorite matches, no one cares as much as if Adam posts that up. Same with Ollie, same with Laurie and Pete. Like, the reason why people enjoy it, because people really like Adam. 
Like I think people like wrestle talk is like a brand, but like they really like Adam as a person. I think if we put it up, the people aren't going to care. The second answer to that is that when we did list videos over the Christmas period and to try and ease Adam's burden, we did some list videos for him. The majority of the comments were just like, why isn't Adam doing the list videos? Who's this person? Is Adam gone? Like, why is this person doing a list video? So it's got to the point now where Adam is the list guy. If we tried to do it, it's, it's not going to work. That's sad, but also makes a lot of sense because when someone is known for something, it's like, that's what they're known for. And that's what you want to see. So I can't like say that because like I can't disagree because I've been that person when I'm watching something and I'm like, oh, all of a sudden they put in someone else and I'm like, who's like, it takes me a while to like get used to somebody else doing something. But I don't think you should underestimate yourself either. Thank you, mate. It's fine. I'm not the drawer. It's okay. Uh, Robert Ray says, uh, "Hope You're all is well." You're a big draw on my channel, and you weren't <laughs> even in the video. Your name was on there, and a couple of images of you, and you were a big draw. Well, I was gonna say, I know that Sean is disputing the fact that I outdrew him because I yes. didn't actually feature on the video. But, but when we I do the playlist video, that's when I'm gonna really prove my drawing power. But your name was on the marquee, so I kind of feel like that does count. But when we do our playlist video, I think we'll find out some real answers. Oh, yeah. Did I tell you I finished my playlist? I was waiting for you to send me the link. I was like, I don't know when he's going to send it. Yeah, well, I, I didn't know because I was going to message you being like, what do we want to do with this? But yeah, I've now got it done. Like, I've now got my 16 tracks. So okay, it's so like, ready to be sent over. I was also like, I was I was altering the order of what they go in because like, you know, they need to be listened to a certain order and stuff. I've made you, a, basically, I've made you a mixtape. Like, that is the way that I'm looking at this. So I've got to have it in the right order of things. I didn't do an order. I just sent them. Like, I just added them. And I, although I, I had to take some out because I started adding too much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh dude, I gotta like, delete stuff. <laughs> there's notes in my phone of like 25 tracks. And then I was like, adding them in. I was like, yeah, I'll take that one out and put that one in instead. But it is ready to go. I can't wait. Okay, well, we'll <laughs> chat about it via DM. Uh, Robert Ray says, uh, hope all is well. Um, before my first question, Denise, I watched your UK snacks video and I'm really disappointed that you gave prawn cocktail crisps three out of 13. I'm flabbergasted with such a low rating for what I consider the second best crisp behind only chili, uh, chili heat wave Doritos. Look, I've had a lot of potato chips in my life. So my standards are very different. The prawn ones, I'm going to stick with the three out of 13. Um, although I will tell you this, Luke, you'll be happy to know my grandma loved the ones from Herefordshire. <laughs> oh, Did I say it right? Pronunciation. Yeah, it was fantastic yeah. pronunciation. Thank so, you. so good. Thanks to the lady um, on Google because she helped me out. Herefordshire. Um, it was, oh, dude, like those crisps are so great. That yes. was a man. So, I've so been great. eating those a lot. I mean, the hula hoops were gone. The Cheeto ones, I forgot what they were called. Those ones have been long gone since like, there's a lot of stuff that's been long gone since like day one. But I've been eating the kettle ones, the ones in the black bag and the ones from Herodfisher. I've been eating those. Um, The Quave, Quavers, they're Quavers. gone. Quavers. Quavers. Damn, I always forget. Okay, they're, they've been long gone too. Um, Oh, the Jaffa Cakes. Mm -hmm. Jaffa cakes they're gone too they were gone actually the first day and they weren't eaten by me they were completely eaten by my grandma I only had two and she kept she ate the rest she, I came back, yes I came back and they were gone I was like all right <laughs> thanks whatever don't save me any <laughs> <laughs> As a slight correction on your video as well, A, the score, you gave them 5 out of 13. But by your own admission, you think that was a low rating. Um, yes, I the, did say that. 
but uh, it's it's not jelly that's in there. It's marmalade that's in the Jaffa cake. It's not the same thing, jelly and marmalade. Marmalade's very different. Marmalade is what Paddington eats. Paddington doesn't eat jam. He eats marmalade. How's that now? <laughs> Marmalade's made with oranges. Oh. I just call jelly jelly. Like, jelly and jam is, like, the same thing, right? Yeah, that, that's the same thing. Maybe in, like, the States, the, the, you also call marmalade jelly. I don't know. But, like, yeah, me, I, I, was watch- really I did watch it. And I was, marmalade. I just turned to my wife and I was like, I mean, it's marmalade, but, uh, you know, I'll let it slide. I just but, thought yeah. everything was jelly. <laughs> but anyway, actually, Robert's got another question, which is, um, I got all my predictions right in Wrestle League for Vengeance Day. Is there any surprising wrestling predictions that you got right? For Vengeance Day? No, just like in general. Like, is there anything you've predicted for a show that uh, you actually got no. right? Uh, for, for me, uh, 2018, I predicted that both Asuka and Nakamura were going to win the Rumbles. And I was right on both accounts. So I was really pleased with myself. I don't think I've been right on anything that I've predicted. So that kind of bumps <laughs> oh. me out. Although uh, Marcus... I did predict that my one big prediction was that, and this doesn't really count even, I thought that AEW was going to buy Impact Wrestling. For some mm-hmm. time, I was very convinced about that. I mean, they ended up forming some sort of partnership, so I don't know if that counts. I mean, not really. Oh, Denise, Denise, it's like you're looking ahead to these questions because Marcus Sol Campbell, with Finjuice appearing on Impact, it's fair to say the Forbidden Door no longer exists. My question is going forward, what are you expecting to happen from the relationship between AEW, New Japan, and Impact? Well, hopefully not what we saw happen already with, you know, there already being some creative uh, disputes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Sammy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do I mm-hmm. ever call it? A week of dumb decisions. <laughs> I don't know. I was not going to do that. Uh, I want to see a lot of the younger talent on AEW that doesn't necessarily get to work very often or be seen on Dynamite. I would like to see them wrestle more on Impact just to get more, you know, better in the ring, improve more. And I just kind of want to see more. I don't know. I think that's mainly what I want to see, honestly. Yeah, like, I don't think I want to see, like, I mean, I know people are really interested in, like, the super card shows, and I think those will be really great when we get fans back into arenas and stuff, but I think for me at the moment, it's kind of, like, just, like, peppered dream matches. I don't want to have just, like, one super card show and then that kind of be the end of it, like, one big invasion-type pay-per-view. I want to see just basically just, like, just matches throughout, like, for the next few years, just, like, oh, and this is our special AEW versus New Japan interpromotional match. It's our special Impact versus New Japan interpromotional match just like you know matches on a card as opposed to like a whole storyline where it's company versus company because i think that's when i i, I think that's when you're going to get into that's why the invasion didn't really work is because like you're, you're sending the fans to pick sides but also you don't really want one side to lose and one side to win so i would prefer interpromotional matches as opposed to interpromotional wars i think right. like like when it comes to aew i'm like do i look at a you know the 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 dark order teaming up with whoever like does it make sense like with eddie kingston because they're like well i'm aew so it's like it's brand warfare like, that doesn't work for me we already know that just because he, i mean it's like the what we've seen with the survivor series like just because you're on the re- team red and you're team blue doesn't mean it's gonna you know do much for me we need more than that I completely agree. Uh, he also asks as well, um, is there, what's your favorite and least favorite recasting uh, in a TV show or movie? I'll tell you my favorite recasting is um, uh, Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner in the MCU. Like as much as I liked Edward Norton in that role, dude, Bruce, he's the best Bruce Banner we've ever had. I do love him as Bruce Banner. Um, I can't think of anything. I don't think I've watched a show where they had, I can't think of anything. I feel like usually when they recast people, I get kind of annoyed. 
Mm-hmm. Who did they? No, you know which one I didn't like? That '70s show when they uh, recasted Eric's sister. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yes, absolutely right. Yeah. Yes, I hated that. I didn't like the new one. I liked the old one. Yeah, I like that they kind of made some jokes about it. Like, it was just like, you look you look different. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, that didn't work. I actually forgot they did that, but you're right. Yes. Um, Adam uh, says, uh, hi there, fine folks at Rest Talk. Uh, Luke, can you show Denise the cream egg ad of how do you eat yours? I think that might help. It looked like she was really struggling with that one. I've actually got that for you right here. So this is Ooh. a 2002 Cadbury's cream egg advert, which was entitled, how do you eat yours? I like to extract the filling. Ah. I like to wolf it down. Mm, I like it with chips. I like tuna time, baby. Yeah. How do you eat yours? It's very 2002, that advert. I was going to say, I'm looking at how they're eating theirs, and I don't understand how they got there. Because (laughs) there was one where the girl had, like, the top portion cut off, and she was dipping, right? Mm -hmm. How do you cut off the top portion in a non-messy manner? I I mean, that's just TV magic. Uh, But, like, uh, to be honest, when I eat them, I just literally just bite down onto it and just take that top bit off. And then maybe I'll take the side off and then lick out the innards and then take the other side. But yeah, like watching you try to crack into that thing really was like, I felt bad. I was like, I really should have told Denise how to eat a cream egg. I really didn't know. And I don't know why, like, even though it said cream egg, I was expecting there to be a toy inside. (laughs) I don't know why. Because even in hindsight, yeah, in hindsight, though, I was thinking like, well, Denise, it says cream egg on there. So you know that there's cream inside. Why didn't you put two and two together? But Um, too late now. Uh, on a more serious note from Adam, it says, I was thinking about the Miz cashing in on the IC belt. Uh, he deserves something for being an insufferable twerp, but the two world champions are too strong for Miz to realistically beat them, in my opinion. And he can go with the whole I'm the greatest IC champ thing, equaling and beating Jericho's records. Uh, I think Miz has the mic skills to make that work. That's not a hot take. I was wondering if you have any thoughts on that. I yeah I I know a lot of people suggest like it was when like Otis won the Bunny the Bank as well. I was like oh he should cash in on the tag titles. I'm like I don't like that. I don't know why. I don't like the idea of them not cashing in on the world title. And I've got the same thing with the IC belt as well. I think if you were like if you got this shot, why wouldn't you try and cash in on the top belt? It just doesn't make sense. Like even though I just really think that it would lower even more the importance, the meaning, the significance behind the money in the bank. I feel like it's already gotten to such a low point where it's so exciting. It's such a cool concept. It's fun, right? But mm-hmm. it's not fun when you give it to people like Otis and The Miz. And I, not, I hate to be like, you know, mean about it, but it's like, come on, like give it to somebody that we actually feel realistically is going to be in that title picture. Just let's, yeah. let's get on even grounds here. Let's be realistic. That's all I want. I actually, they did the best thing they could possibly with the Miz when he cashed it in at TLC, and like and just he left it at that. should have left it at that because that actually added so much drama to that match. But him just getting it back has really diminished that match and the impact that that match could have had. Yes. And now I'm, I'm I'm actually I was 
already uninterested in Miz having the belt, uh, having the, the money in the bank. I'm even less interested now with him having money in the bank than I was for TLC. I agree. After the TLC, that should have been it because you're right. It did add a lot of drama to that match. I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, oh God, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please I know. Do I it. thought they're, like, yeah. they're going to do it. They're going to put the belt on him. And, uh, and then they didn't. And I thought it was a much better conclusion to that than, than him just getting it back. Um, RLC Sandwich says, uh, something occurred to me the other day. For the majority of 2020, Asuka, Hikaru Shida, and Io Shirai were the champions of their brand. Um, all of them feel like they're going to lose their titles at some point in the coming months. But who do you think has had the best reign up until this point? I know the answer is an asker but while they all feel pretty lackluster they've all had their matches and moments i think for me it's Io Shirai. i think Io Shirai's had a, a pretty great nxt women's championship reign i don't think it hers has been that great i'm been the best to... of the three that was, that was more my point oh are we only picking from those three or just like yeah I... just those oh three. from those three well from those three yeah definitely no you know what no i'm gonna go with oscar because early in 2020 she was she was doing a lot with that bout. Later 2020, she really wasn't. And that's for me, like the, the later half of 2020 is really, it's because like, yeah, I mean, what was her last title feud? Like it was Banks and Ass, it was Banks and Bailey, which was the summer, like it's nearly yeah. March. And she hasn't had a feud since then. Like I don't, I don't count any of the Lana stuff because she was the third wheel to Lana's feud with Nia Jax. So like, I think actually the majority of her title run has been non-existent. She may as well not be the champion, which is, that's actually how I think they treat her. Yeah. At least like Yusha Wright's been presented like a champion. That's a good argument. I'm still going to go with Asuka just because I did like all the stuff that she did in the summer. I thought that mm. stuff was good. Yeah, it was really good. Like that Banks and Bailey stuff was absolutely superb. Um, Alan says, hi, Team Danique. A couple of questions for Denise this week. Um, I know that you've exchanged candies and snacks recently with each other, but what are your thoughts on Duvalin? They're my favorite Mexican candy and come in a combination of different flavors. Also, will we ever get Denise on Board Game Club in the future? Don't know if she's into board games, but I feel like she'd be an awesome guest for a future episode. Jam that jam. I don't like board games, but I'm open to them. I'm, I'm, I like some board games. And Duvaline, I like a little bit of it. I'm not actually not that big of a fan of Duvaline. Actually, that made it in your package because my fiance really pushed for it. He's like, you got to oh, send really? it to him. You got to send it to him. And I was like, all right, we'll put it in there. <laughs> I didn't mind Duvaline. I thought it was quite nice. Like, it's basically just like having, a, you know, a thick Yeah, it's not bad. You know. It's just not my favorite Mexican candy, though. Yeah, I did obviously make that error where I didn't realize you were meant to eat it with a spoon. And I thought it yeah. was like I thought it was like a, I thought it was a candy thing. I thought it was like uh, you know like the drumstick that I sent over to you. That's what I thought it was like. Oh yeah, yeah. a little spoon. And yeah, and I think I had the same feeling when you were watching me eat the cream egg, and I was watching you eat the dumpling. <laughs> I was like, "There's," and then you were like, "Oh, there's a spoon." <laughs> also, apologies for my pronunciation. Is it Duvaline? Well, I, yeah, Duvaline. That's I, what I call it. I, call it. I think I, I called it Duvaline. I call it Duvalin, but that's because, you know, I'm, I'm British and I just like, I see words differently. Um, Andrew says, I saw an old episode of Raw from 2001 and the crowd was filled with college guys with their shirts off and their favorite wrestlers names spray painted on their chest. And I remember how many teenagers and young adults were into wrestling back then. My question is, do you think wrestling will ever be cool again? I don't know. Yeah. I just feel like they were just so, you know, they were doing such edgy stuff 
back then it and was now. Like, yeah, like, like that time as well, like particularly like 99, 2000, 98 through 2001, like that attitude era period of time. It wasn't just that wrestling was cool. It was shock TV was cool. So like, you know, Jerry Springer was a massive thing and like reality TV was just getting started and like uh, jackass and, and things like that. People that were trying to like, trying to push the envelope of what was acceptable. South Park, you know, it was trying to push the envelope of what was acceptable. You can even go back and watch old Simpsons episodes from that period and see how they're trying to adapt to this new style of TV. And they're being like, oh, okay, well, our style of comedy doesn't work anymore. We need to adapt what The Simpsons is to try and compete with South Park and Family Guy. So it was just like, there was a period of time where just like being the shock and edgy thing was cool. And I don't think the wrestling's ever gonna get back to that point because I think times have changed since that time. Oh yeah, trust me. I've been seeing some stuff on Twitter where I'm just like, God, guys, like just kind of pause the brakes here a little bit because I feel like sometimes people overreact to some things and I'm just like, this looks so bad. Like, do not overreact to things. Like, some things just are. And so based on what I see on Twitter, I can't imagine things going back to being, and obviously not some of the things that were going on I would not want to see in this day, right? Uh, it, you know what was funny, too? I was re-watching. Oh, my God. What was I re-watching? I was re-watching. Uh, I was watching Royal Rumble in Anaheim um, when China made her debut. I think it was that oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that was a show that i was watching but i just couldn't stop laughing because the guys in the audience they were all like dressed like valvenus with just the just the towel no shirt and i was just like laughing about that and it's like it kind of puts into perspective because they were like teenage boys and they were doing the you know the hello ladies yeah. thing and hello, it's just, ladies. exactly yeah. just good by the way good one uh just Thank like you. different timing you know i don't know yeah, I actually, I did the, because uh, we had, we just did um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre on the Patreon podcast, which has got Val Venus versus Ken Shamrock. And I said to Wally, I was like, it's really good because Val Venus is one of the few wrestling impressions that I can do. And it's not a cool impression to do anymore. And it's, I think it's, it's I mean, it's not cool because Val Venus kind of lost his mind a little bit there. But I think mm -hmm. in terms of the actual, like when you, it's cool in the sense of that the character people I, I, i'm trying to save you luke i couldn't save you <laughs> Thanks, never mind i was trying to make you feel better about it i couldn't Thanks, think of god. anything uh chris says uh my question is would you and ollie react to movie trailers on the city world channel uh my first reaction after seeing the godzilla versus kong trailer was to check your twitters to see how much you liked it sorry for the non-wrestling question never apologize for that hope you have a good weekend yet that is actually a plan that we do have um so our work with we're doing with city world obviously we're doing cinemania and i'm doing some list videos with them um i don't get told off for doing list videos on that channel by the people who watch it um but uh i um we we have got plans to do that but we're waiting until the cinema is kind of like reopen again before we kind of like go back into the plans that we had for for uh the work we were doing with cineworld but that is something we want to do is trailer reactions because yeah we loved doing those on screen stalker as well like one of my favorite videos we ever did was my reaction watching live this the second sonic the hedgehog trailer when they did the big redesign for him and like that was so much fun to do so yeah that and i'd love to do like a reaction to that and more combat and because i loved that godzilla kong trailer but it was so great yeah, I like doing trailer reactions too. I mean, I've done them for like the shows that I'm a big fan of. I don't just do them for like, if I'm not a fan of them, I won't do them. But if it's a show that I genuinely like, then I will do like trailer reactions and they're pretty fun. Uh, Duncan says, congrats on not coming last, Denise. Your time will come. Um, what era do you think has the best promos? Like the 80s had amazing personalities, but the promos haven't aged well. Nowadays, promos are moderately fine, but they feel so forced. Jam that jam. 
What do you think? Because I feel it just depends on people's taste. See, like I feel for me, oh God, I just love everything from like late 90s, early 2000s, just because that was my time period. Exactly. Yeah, I don't go here. further back. And I know that, you know, I know that my time period wasn't necessarily probably the best, but it's what I remember the most. And what I, what real during that time was when I got into wrestling. So I feel like that's what actually, you know, had to bring me in. Obviously the promos having to be good in, in my opinion, because I was a kid back then. So that was enough to get me involved. Now, whether or not it was the best, probably not. I'm sure other people have better answers, but that's my answer. Yeah, I mean, I, my first thought was like, you know, that late 90s, early 2000s period, because as you say, like, that was the time I was really getting into wrestling and I, and I, I love those characters. But I think, excuse me, to, it, I don't want to take away from what they're doing now because like, yeah, in WWE, it's not great because it feels forced and like it's written within an inch of its life. But like you look at the promo work in AEW where they are just, you know, just go out there and hit your marks. Like, you know, Eddie Kingston is a fabulous promo. I think Moxley is a great promo. I think Kenny's a great promo. I think the Bucks are good promos. Like I think the AEW are doing really, really great promos over there. So I don't want to take away from like the current product either. I just think the WWE for the last 20 years has made promos not feel important because they are just sort of scripted with an inch of their life. And I don't think they really have like, those big larger than life characters anymore but i think that AEW did some great work so i don't want to take any way anything away from that right and there's been some good you know some obviously some good ones in like the last couple of years in wwe some people that have been doing some good stuff you know in recent memory obviously we all think of roman reigns but i also want to bring up pat mcafee he was doing pretty good stuff when he was you know down and you know doing stuff on nxt mm -hmm. and uh but yeah there's been a couple but it, it's the personalities like you don't have your rocks anymore out there you know cutting these like funny super super funny promos making fun of people like there's no one like doing that right now there yeah uh ben waller says uh uh luke are we going to talk to denise about not liking monster munch uh also thinking of starting new girl and not sure about uh not sure about it other than uh, zoe dashnell why should i watch it uh because ben it's broadly fine is my reason why you should watch it like if you're just looking to waste some time then it's absolutely fine it's okay i think it's pretty funny i think schmidt's a good character Overall, overall it is 20 minutes of inoffensive comedy that is my <laughs> overall review of new girl i I, tr I couldn't get into new girl it wasn't for me but you would think it, it'd took be me for me. it wasn't for me it took me a little while to to kind of get it like we were watching it just because you know it's yeah you, know, you fill up a lunch break with watching it and, and with like me and my wife just sort of chat through it but I'm, I'm now like a bit more into it like i think it's okay um uh Rini, uh talks about wrestlemania season and the things i look forward to the most maybe sometimes more than the matches are the promo packages beforehand my question is what are your top three wrestlemania promo packages i feel like i've done this a lot on the show so i'm going to pass this over to you about what your favorite uh wrestlemania promo packages are my wait does the one that okay i think it was wrestlemania 17 when they were showing all the people watching from like all the different parts oh, of the world yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's honestly my most memorable one so i'm just gonna say it's that like a guy watching on the back of a pickup truck and there was one where there was like some people in some desert and some little yeah. tiny tv so when i first watched this you know i was a very impressionable impressionable child so i thought it was real <laughs> all of this I, I was like wow like 
all those people from these deserts they're watching wrestling wow they have a little tv and i i like thinking about it now like how dumb was i but i really thought all of that stuff was real and i thought wow this is really important if like those people that have like this tiny little house are making their time to watch wrestling <laughs> so that one for me always sticks like inside of my like brain uh kid gaskin 98 says um the sunday this sunday is the elimination chamber i'd like to know in your opinion what's the greatest elimination chamber match of all time in your opinion i think mine's always going to be the first i really enjoyed it but i also i enjoyed a couple of, i enjoyed like all like the first two or three i think was the ones i really enjoyed do you know what? there are none that really stick out for me i don't know what it is about the match type but like i like enjoy it? it i know i do it i do like it but like i if you were to say like you know what's your favorite rumble i could tell you if you ask like what's your favorite tlc i could tell you your favorite hell in a cell i could tell you if you ask me what's your favorite elimination chamber i'm like ah, i don't know like, maybe it's because triple h has won like so many of them and you're not a <laughs> triple h man <laughs> could be but like yeah i don't know like which the, the one the show where edge was like where he lost his title in the first one and then won it back in the other one like that was good the other one with um the, the other one that's the only other one that springs to mind is the uh, one when it came down to daniel bryan and santino like that was was it daniel bryan and santino that wasn't daniel bryan and kofi kingston no who was it with santino then wasn't like there was one where like it was Someone am I misremembering Santino? this? I don't remember Santino in this, so I'm out on yeah, this one. I must be misremembering. I remember more, more of like the earlier ones. It's more of like the moments that I remember. Like I won't remember the entire thing, but I'll remember specific moments. I was right. Yeah, it was uh, 2012. Uh, Daniel Bryan, um, who was the champion, defeated Santino, Wade Barrett, Cody Rhodes, uh, Big Show, and the Great Carly. But I was going to say, my problem there is that I could only remember Daniel Bryan and Santino as the last. It's the only thing I remember. I couldn't have told you who else was in that match because I have no, I have no recollection who else was in the match. But I remember that one spot, I guess. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Like you remember certain spots, but I just remember more like the big deal that they made about the Elimination Chamber when it was like first being introduced. Like I remember Eric Bischoff doing like this whole thing on it. And I just remember thinking like, oh my God, there's going to be like these pods and all of this are going to be locked in there. And even though they explained how the match was going to work, I still didn't get it until the actual match happened. And I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. And I always, I think it's more of the, structure that i was always really a fan of and it's more of i like the guys that get thrown in there like your kofi kingston's that can do all of these cool acrobatic stuff because you want to see people utilize the chamber in like different and unique ways and wasn't there a year i think rob van dam did something like oh god i just remember he jumped off van... the pod. wasn't that yeah. the first one he jumps off the pod and he like nearly killed triple h because like he landed right on his neck I just remember, wasn't he the one that just landed like perfectly on the chains? I can't say I can't remember. Like that's that's my problem know. with elimination chamber matches. Like it's that like I really enjoy it as a match type, but there's never any that stick out to me. Like as I said, like the, the I just said then. Oh, one of my favorite chamber matches, the one with Daniel Bryan and Santino Morella. A couldn't remember if it was a real thing. <laughs> B couldn't name the other four people in the match. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, Mike and Pellegrini, we got <laughs> we got a couple more that we need to go through. Uh, we've got another couple of like, we're running out of time here, but I did want to get to this one from uh, Wesley sixty five. Uh, sorry, Michael Pellegrini, we were going to do yours one. We've answered it before, which is like if you could answer Vince McMahon to answer something one hundred percent honestly. I feel like we've done that a couple of times on this show before. Um, Luke, you sounded so British right now. I didn't understand what you were saying. I was like, I just heard you speaking. Like, blah, blah, blah. I was like, what is he saying? Stop. 
it's because I'm so like conscious we're running out of time. I'm trying to like, so yeah. Yeah, Michael Pellegrini was asking about uh, if you could ask Vince McMahon what, to answer something 100% honest, what would it be? But I feel like we've done that question. We a got of times that question. Yeah, we got that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wanted to do from Wesley 65. Um, they go into quite a bit of detail about how they're not, a, a, they're a pretty casual AEW fan. They don't really get the product. They don't particularly you know they think it's fine and everything uh they're more into nxt and then they talk about the um the barbed wire uh, exploding death match that we've got coming up uh, at revolution so they like is that pushing things too far and is it something that's going to kind of like devalue the title picture they get they oh, do i guess my question is what do you think is next for the aew title picture page seems like the obvious choice but it also feels too soon jam that jam can't wait for the elimination jamber this sunday so i think like the point they were making was like it feels like too much of a foregone conclusion to do this match because moxley isn't winning and kenny's most definitely winning and like, they just say it feels like a way to write moxley off tv which for me is actually a really good reason to have this match to write moxley off tv for a long ass time um but i, I wanted to ask this question anyway because i wanted to get your opinions on the exploding barbed wire death match i'm excited as heck for it i'm so excited because i've only seen clips of like these types of matches before like on youtube and like really like poor quality type stuff so i'm very excited to see i guess you can say the more modern version of this match and i want to see how aew is going to execute it because when you see the matches that have happened in the past um uh, like this they were very very brutal and violent and you know you you they had i'm, I'm curious as to how AEW is going to do it because i almost i hope that they i feel like it's going to be overproduced not how do i say it it's going to be yeah, no, oh i totally get what you mean as well because we were talking about this yesterday on the on the podcast that like it's you know back in the day it was you know they just put some stuff around there but like we're in a very different time period now in 2021 where things can get a bit overproduced like i don't think it's going to be cinematic but i totally get what you mean is like how are they going to shoot this thing and how are they going to present it because like the charm I, the, of this match it's not for it to be perfect that's exactly it yeah like i was um the, the match that came to mind for me as a comparison is do you remember when tna did their electrified steel cage match and I think it was the Dudleys and LAX and the original LAX. And every time they touched the cage sides, like the lights dimmed and there was like electricity sounds. No one was like, oh, this is stupid. Like that's, that's, that's kind of like a worry that I've got is that people are going to be really excited for this. And then there's something that's going to feel goofy because it's not really C4. It's just sort of like, it's just sort of like explosive stuff, right? So are people going to watch it and be like, actually, this is a bit dumb and a bit goofy and a bit silly. And that's going to completely devalue everything that's happening. Exactly. I feel like if they're going to do this, this match, it's got to be like for reals, sickening, violence, gore, blood and guts and all of that. Cause that's what it has to be. You know, like I told you again, I, from the clips that I saw that of, of these matches, like I, I really just think that they have to, I just don't think that they're going to do it the same way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I'm I, still I looking very forward to it. I'm, I'm yeah. At the moment, like I'm really excited for it, but I think a lot of that is curiosity about yes. like, how are you doing this in 2021? Like that's the real curiosity factor for me. Now we know John Moxley is probably going to go all out and try to do some crazy things. How crazy is Kenny willing to get too? Hmm. So I was, I was very interested to hear this. So Meltzer was saying on Observer Radio that this is all Kenny's idea, like because Kenny's like mindset is that in order to be the best wrestler of all time, 
I need to be the best at every match type and the best of every style of wrestling. And this is a style of wrestling that I don't know if I'm the best at yet. And I want to be able to prove that I am. So this is why he wants to do like an exploding barbed wire death match because he's not done anything like that before. So I think he's going to go all in for it. Like, you might you know, as well. You kind of have to. You're doing this. I think so. You need, if you want to sell it, like, I think he's going to go like balls to the wall for it. So yeah, like, and that kind of, it makes me very intrigued for it too. I just really do hope that they have like all the barbed wire, like all around. Right. And I really hope that's like, anytime anybody like touches, it's like, boom, explosion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll do this last question here from Alex Kirkman. Try and wrap this up uh, because I just love this. Um, this very simplistic question. Are you embarrassed to be a wrestling fan? I am. I keep it quiet. I am 38. I feel like I should have grown out of it by now. Still love you. Thanks. Stay safe. I think at times I have been a little bit embarrassed, not like all the time. I think there's moments where it's kind of like, cause people make fun of you. They're like, it's such a soap opera type thing. That's the, that's the, you know, non-wrestling fan. They're like, oh, it's fake. And it's so soap opery, like, so, so like a soap opera. So why do you watch? And I'm like, well, you know, there's actually, I sound really dumb to fan. I'm like, well, there's actually like really good wrestlers. There's really good wrestling. There's really good spots and stuff. Thank you. That's how I feel when I'm telling people. And then I try to tell them like, oh, you know, like the athleticism. Being like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel so dumb. Like, I feel so ridiculous trying to defend it. Oh, no, I totally get it. Don't, People don't know like the F they don't know your like NXT takeovers. They don't know your new Japan, you know, that type of, you know, style of wrestling. They know like the goofy, like just the, they know, they, they know like the WWE goofy stuff that they saw on yeah. television. So oh, yeah. it's, they, they think that that's what you're watching. And so sometimes it could be a little bit embarrassing. I had my mom walk in on me on some very uh, questionable things that were being shown on my television. And I just felt very, very awkward. I was like, mom, I swear to God, this isn't what, what's always going on here. Yeah. Oh, it's always the worst moment when people walk in. I, I went to um the Attitude Era podcast at a live show at the London Podcast Festival a few years ago, and they were talking about like embarrassing moments to be a wrestling fan. And someone said, "Oh yeah, my dad once walked in. The only time he's ever walked on uh, walked in on me watching wrestling was when Triple H and Scott Steiner were doing their pose down over the the world title, and he was like, and that's it was one of those moments where I'm like, oh man, I really wish my dad hadn't walked in on this point." I feel that my mom walked in when I th it was something in SummerSlam was happening. And one of their promos in between was Christy Hemi and I forget who else were putting lotion on each other's bodies. <laughs> and my mom was like, Denise, this is why you watch wrestling. And I was like, uh, no, but it was really awkward. <laughs> the athleticism. Yes, thank you. It was, and I've had people make fun of me, like when I was younger. Like I had like my my aunt and my uncle. They were like, "Oh, so do you watch wrestling?" Because all the men are in little tights. Or oh, and then they excuse me. They said underwear, and I was like, "No, like what do you think? Like I'm just gonna be watching wrestling because there's men in underwear? No, that's not the case here." But yeah, I mean, that's whatever. the question I used to get when I was at school as well. It's like, oh, you like it because like, the guys are in their pants and stuff. Um, so I so to kind of wrap this up, I and I've, I've told the story before, but it really did make me laugh. Uh, it was Survivor Series 2018, I think it was, and we were having our doors refitted. Like, we were having like we had like we moved into our old flat and it had these like old doors and stuff. So we were going those taken away, we we're getting brand new doors put in, and we were really excited about this. So I had to work from home like for the morning. So I watched, so I didn't do the live stream of Survivor Series and I watched it the following morning for work purposes to go in and do the podcast in the afternoon and i'm watching this and the guys come around and they start fitting the doors and the guy like is fitting my door and he's like 
you still watch wrestling? And I was like, and I was like, oh no, it's like this is my this is my job. It's what I do for a living. He was like, oh right, yeah, because you're far too old to be watching that at this point. Like it's like the only, it. his his only rationale for me watching wrestling is that I do it for it. Like this is my job. Like there's no other earthly reason that I'd be watching this at my age. Christ, <laughs> you didn't question the credibility of this job of yours. It's not like people go out and know that there's like wrestling reporters, wrestling journalists. I don't feel like they know that that's a thing. Oh no, no, absolutely not. But yeah, like he was just like he was. That was the only reason he could fathom as to why I was watching this. So yeah, so he kind of got saved, but also buried. (laughs) Oh, at the exact same time. And like, I remember when I met my girlfriend's friends, like she's got this very, like, you know, very big group of friends who are now my friends and and I love them very dearly. And I, and they're, they're, they're now some of my best friends. But like when I first met them and they were like, what do you do for a living? And I was like, oh, I talk about wrestling on YouTube. How do you even explain that? I know, right? Like, it was, a yeah, I still watch wrestling. I'm I'm in my thirties and I'm still watching this. Yeah, B, it's now my job. Like, I talk about it on YouTube. And the first question, guaranteed, the first question is: Is the Undertaker still wrestling? That is always the first question really? that I got. Yeah, when I, when we bought this house and we were meeting like the people and they were like, "What do you do for a living?" And I have to tell them, "It's like, oh, I, I'm I'm a presenter on YouTube for about professional wrestling." always ask oh is the undertaker still wrestling like that's always the question i get well at least now you have an answer you'd be like no <laughs> no he, well i mean do we though do we have that as an official answer somewhat you could be like no and the fans also turned on him and there's this whole drama and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you I mean you can really go on and on about this but it is like oh my god because not only that not only are you, cause there's already like a bad vibe, not like a bad vibe, but there's already a bad rep for being a YouTuber. Now being mm-hmm. a wrestling YouTuber, that's like adding to it. Like it just makes it, it makes it sounds like bad, even though it's not, but cause it's obviously my job too. <laughs> but like, it, it is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> there's a moment when like me and ollie do this sometimes when we're just like oh man like we see ourselves on camera we're just like dude we look so old like because you know we're both like i mean like i'm you know i'm 35 now i said 36 this year and like ollie's like getting towards his mid-30s as well and he's going gray up top and i'm like i'm pretty sure like kids surely like people want to watch like people their age talk about wrestling and the only reason we mentioned that is because uh when they announced the exploding barbed wire death match we actually had a lot of people who said like, I've never heard of this match before. And it really was like that moment where it was like, oh yeah, our audience is actually a bit younger than us. And they didn't grow up in the nineties or the two, like, you know, they didn't know this type. And then it was during Quizlemania when so many people were like, oh, Melina was my first wrestling crush. Like, you know, I was six years old when I first started seeing it. And I was like, oh man, I was nearly finished university when Melina was wrestling. Like, oh I, was, like... <laughs> I was in middle school. <laughs> I know that, but that that's because I'm very old, Denise. I'm too You're old not that to much be on older YouTube. Than me. How old no, are you? 35, 36? Like... 35. 35, right? Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. You're only eight years older than me. I know, but it's nearly a decade. No, wait, I, guess, oops, but all... I did the math wrong. You're seven years old. I'm 28. <laughs> I was going to say 27. I was like, wait, no, I'm 28. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. I always forget I, my own age. It's either way, Denise, I'm too old to be on YouTube. But anyway, that's my job, and I'm very happy to be here. Um, that is all we've got time for on this edition of the podcast. Please do remember to check out the Wrestle Talk News tomorrow because I'm an ass man is going to be on the uh, the news tomorrow, and I'm very very excited for you all to see it. Yeah, so okay, let's talk about the snacks that you uh, tasted. Let's so, do it. Let's do it. So, I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, A, yeah, I outdrew Sean Rossap. That just makes sense. Um, you did. But uh, B, like, I thought you did a great job of the video. We, my, my wife and I, we watched the premiere of it on YouTube. Like, we set our alarm so that we could go down and watch it together. She said to me, like, do not watch this video without me. So we sat down. I, I didn't get to chat along with her because we watched it on the TV. So I didn't get to, like, be in the, in the chat and everything. But it, it went down really well. So you need to know something because I'm kind of ashamed of myself. But, you know, I was asleep during my premiere. <laughs> well, I did think Denise isn't around. I'm going to assume that she hasn't got up yet. <laughs> no, I scheduled my premiere and I didn't wake up till like four hours after it. <laughs> Because I was like, well, I already saw my own video. I'm going to premiere it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and then yeah, I woke I... up and I saw the views and I was like, oh, man, this is great. And then I was like, oh, I got I went on Twitter and people were already tweeting me about it. And I hadn't promoted it yet. So I promoted it right away, like even before I ate breakfast. But I didn't promote it until like four hours after it had already premiered. <laughs> Uh, I actually think that a lot of your um, um, reviews of the food were right. The loud sound of you eating the pork scratchings really made me laugh. Like they were so crunchy. Right? And, yeah, they're very crunchy. I, did say, I was eating like, them slow fried. too. Yeah, they are deep fried, man. Like if you have good crackling that you want it to break your teeth when you're eating it. Um, and the one that I was particularly unsurprised by was the licorice all sorts review. But I do think that, like, did you have, did you try, like, the knobbly ones? Like, the pink and blue knobbly ones? I tried the pink one. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite one from the licorice all sorts. That's Ooh. really good. I bit it, and I was just regretting life. <laughs> this wasn't for me. But I'm not really, like, a big, like, licorice person. Maybe not the black licorice, because it tastes different. I'm more, mm -hmm. I like, like, regular red licorice, but even then, I, I, I'm I'm very stickler. Like, I'll just have just the, like, the red vines. That's all I'll have. Nothing else. So it was very new for my taste buds. That's for sure. <laughs> so I kind of already, I think what also didn't work out was that I kind of already had this, like, pre-existing thought of I'm not going to like this because I'm not a fan of black licorice. So I almost mm -hmm. feel like that. But that that didn't let me open myself up to the possibilities of what it could have brought to my life. <laughs> um, oh, what was I going to say? The Neil and the John Adam. Oh, yeah, that was the question I was going to ask is, you know, this this whole deal of us sending each other snacks kind of kickstarted with people talking about Cadbury's and Hershey chocolate, and like the differences between British and American chocolate. So yes. as an American, how did you find British Cadbury's chocolates? I found I found them pretty much exactly the same. I didn't really feel like there was such a big difference. I think the only difference was that I just wasn't familiar with them, where I was a little bit more hesitant to bite into the chocolate bars than I am if I, you know, get a chocolate bar from here. Where I'm like, I already know what this tastes like. I'm just going to munch, you know? So I was eating the chocolate bars like it was my first time eating a chocolate bar. And I thought to myself while I was editing the video, why am I so nervous about biting into a chocolate bar? And uh, but it was just so crazy to me how I was expecting such a radical taste, but I could almost tie every single chocolate bar that you sent over to another chocolate bar that I've had here. I think the mm. only one that didn't Oh, I don't remember the name of it. I think it was a double decker. Is that the one with the little crunchy, the little crunchy balls inside? Yeah. That one. That was the only one where I felt it actually brought something different than the other ones that I have here. If not, I could have almost, I could have matched some of these up, like just diff. I could have matched them up is what I'm saying. There was a lot of them were very similar. 
yeah, I think I was doing, when I was doing the reviews of the the stuff that you sent across, be like, oh yeah, this reminds me of this, or like this tastes like this. Like when you send across the Cheetos, like oh these feel like knickknacks. Like so yeah, so I I totally get that like, we do have like our own sort of versions of things. Right. It's just basically yeah, like they're avatars of the, of almost the same thing. I exactly. I didn't I didn't even think about it. Like when I sent you the Watsits, obviously I bought the Watsits because I was like that's a very British staple. I don't particularly like them, but I'll buy those anyway. And it was only when I sent them across, I was like, oh, they're just cheese puffs. Like, oh, but they the taste cheese. different though. They're they're less cheesy, but they're still really good. Like those were gone. I think I was eating those while I was watching AEW NXT that day because I shot the video on a Wednesday and edited it on Thursday and published it on a Friday. Yeah, I we I loved it. I thought it was so so great. As I said, my only my only big criticism was the Jaffa cakes thing. But you 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 admitted in the video that you scored it low because you like you was like loving it and they're like mm, this is delicious. Five out of thirteen. I was like. <laughs> So, you know what I think too? The problem with that and why it got rated so low would be because it was one of the earlier snacks. So I think in my mind, I wasn't being fair. And I was, I think I was waiting to, re- I didn't want to kick start off, kick things off, rating things super high, right? So mm-hmm. I almost feel because it was one of the first things I tried that it kind of got screwed. But it should have been rated higher, I think, because even then the next day I went in and, and, you know, went to the cupboards and had myself my little daffa cake right before I was actually eating it as I was making myself breakfast. So it's like the perfect thing to munch on while you're waiting to have your breakfast. (laughs) Um, How did your fiance find them? Okay, so I don't he I don't I don't think he was necessarily crazy about it. He (gasps) tried he tried the dolly mixtures Mm -hmm. and he didn't like the dolly mixtures and i told him I was, how do you not like them they're my I number surprised one you loved i was gonna say you loved them i was really surprised that they were ranked so highly yeah i loved them i thought they were so good and those were the ones i didn't even want to share with anybody in my house but i gave him some because i was like okay these are my number one so you gotta try them he didn't like the dolly mixtures and then um he liked the hula hoops and then he tried the the watsits once he liked those two and i think that's kind of all he tried because he was only here for about three hours because we were watching the show together and so that was kind of all he got to try everything else was like in my kitchen but he tried for my personal stash that was kept here in my bedroom <laughs> it was your grandma who apparently was like snapping oh, she, away on everything she was and my grandpa my grandpa's the one that's been like humming through those chocolate bars because every time <laughs> i go i swear there's always way less than because i put all the chocolate in the refrigerator so it wouldn't melt and every time i go there's always way less than what it's just been like so much sweets because we had all of your treats right then it was valentine's and my fiance brought me macaroons he brought me cupcakes he brought me candies so it was just overload of sweets in my house so the fact that we had so many sweets and now there's like hardly nothing left i'm I'm thinking to myself, I know I didn't eat all of this stuff. My grandparents <laughs> are getting in on this stuff too. That's amazing. I'm really glad that you liked it all. Like, no, it was, it was really so fun. thankful. It was really fun to do. I'm glad that we did this like little exchange. It was so much fun. <laughs> well, we've got another exchange coming up because we're going to talk about uh, playlists. And oh, Denise, I had so much fun putting together this playlist. Uh, the way like, I, I said to my wife, I was like, oh, me and Denise got this new project that we're going to do. I'm going to make her a mixtape. <laughs> and so like... <laughs> You know, people were messaging me. They were like, where are we going to hear the mixtape? Where's the mixtape? 
yeah, like, are you going to make the plays public? I was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll totally, like, allow people to listen to it. I'm not going to let people listen to it in advance because I want I want Denise to, like, sample it for herself but with any preconceived notions. So I've, I've got it now. It's all set. I think it's in the right order. I've listened to it a couple of times and I've tweaked <laughs> and I've moved things around to be like, oh, that, I think that track should follow this track. This track should go before that one. I, I, for me, it's all about that opening track. Like it was like, you know, the, the, the opening track of a mixtape is the most important one because you have to set the tone. And I was like, okay, it's got to be this. And then there was another track and I was like, oh, but that's such a good opening. Oh, but that's a really good opening as well. But I've stuck to my guns of what my opening track is going to be. It was so hard though, because you know how we were talking about themes and you know how I wanted to make the happy theme of your playlist? It was hard because then I was, I wanted to get your opinions on certain artists, but their songs didn't necessarily fall into my theme. So mm. I was a little upset about that, but I kind of mixed it up. And, and I added one, one, one artist there that is going to kind of throw you off because it doesn't really fall in with the theme. So I really, really <laughs> stuck to my theme. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, right. Well, maybe we'll do a follow-up version of this then where we'll do like, you know, mixtape volume two. Yes, we'll, uh... please. Like Denise's favorites. Because th this was a, this was very theme heavy for me. Yeah, because I mean, I was, as I said to you on last week, and I was talking to Kate about this as well. Like, I really also want to do like a British indie, like alternative indie playlist as mm -hmm. well for you, because that's what I'm massively into at the moment. So that will do that as the, the follow-up. But for now, you are getting I should just throw you metal. off and do an entire Spanish playlist. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I would, would be like, that. that would like rock your sauce. <laughs> I would I'll give you like some rock in Espan some rock in Espanol, which is rock in Spanish, and I think you would love it actually. Rock Espanol. I can yeah. go for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think absolutely. you would be into it. Uh what do you got planned for the weekend? Work. I honestly have nothing major this plan. I'm actually not even seeing my fiance this week until Sunday because I'm just so behind and I gotta do stuff. Oh, so I'm just catching up on things that I didn't do, didn't get done during the week. So what about you? Uh, we're doing some more housework and stuff. We didn't get to do much last week because of the snow and everything. So that's kind of delayed the stuff that we wanted to do. So we've got like a table that we're going to build and I've, we've got a door number to put outside our house. Aww, so cute. we're re really excited to put that up. It's very stylish and I'm really excited to put Ooh. that up. You should do the uh, little I frame know. like friends. <laughs> <laughs> so um putting that up um yeah I, I think it's time for us to start like putting some stuff up around the house so i'm getting the drill out and i'm gonna just sit there put into get into my overalls and everything and make a mess of the house and then tidy up afterwards no i'm so jealous of you before we end this podcast i gotta say you're designing this new home and i downloaded an app because i wanted to design homes so oh. i'm addicted to this new app on my phone where i just doubt where i just like create homes it's really sad so now i feel bad that like you're doing the real thing and i'm just doing it on my phone it's really <laughs> i mean in all fairness like my i'm not on instagram um i've got like an instagram for my other podcast dude i'm so like my podcast has knackered me out this week um like I, I, I said to you this morning, like I overslept um, before we started doing this because I had like a midnight finish on Tuesday when playing um, Dungeons and Dragons with my friends. And then we didn't get to sleep. Like Quizzlemania didn't end until 20 to 1 on Wednesday. I and saw. Then, dude, it was long. Like, Melina's great. Like Melina was there till the very end and she was just answering That's every awesome. single question. It was so awesome. And then on Thursday, I recorded a podcast after work. I recorded my other podcast to do on the side. And then I did a live stream for our, that podcast, Patreons. And during that live stream, I was like, oh, boy, am I tired. Like, I am feeling tired. 
And yeah, it is, I, I'm really starting to feel it now. But like, so anyway, the point I was going to make was an Instagram. I, I actually then started to use uh, the podcast Instagram feed to look at other people's houses and people who make like house accounts, right? <laughs> to be yeah. like, here's what I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm going to get. So I fell in love. Have you ever seen Japandi style of uh, interior design? No, I don't even know what that is. Oh, so it's basically like a combination of um, Scandi, like Scandinavian design mm-hmm. mixed with um, Japan. And like, I'm a big Japanophile and I absolutely love the style of Japan. And there's like, I, I said again, I was like, well, oh, I found my style. It's Japandi. It's the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. So <laughs> I was just like, like she likes it to a degree. Okay. Like it's, it's very minimalist and things like that. And like the beds are really low down to the ground, which I love. Oh, um, you're a minimalist? A little bit, I think, yeah, at times, which is weird because I've got so much crap. Like I've got so much, like I've got so much stuff around my house. But then I, I look at Japan and I'm like, oh man, I don't need this stuff. Get rid of the stuff. <laughs> You're like, I like this. I can't do it. I can't do minimalism. I can't. And I, 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 I like how it looks, but I, I mean, you can tell from my background, <laughs> I just like explode into things. Oh, dude, like, you know, behind me, I've got, like, when I first moved in, my parents, uh, as my wedding present that they got for me was uh, these Ghostbusters toys that I had when I was a kid. My dad got them into this really cool frame. So, like, it's this big box frame thing, and that's behind me, and they've got all, like, like, equipment and everything. So I put that up there, and I put a frame photo of me and Ollie from the YouTube Christmas party a couple of years ago. I was like, I'll just have those two things there. And then I was doing videos where that's been my background. And I'm like, that's not a very interesting background. So now there's a picture frame up there. And there's like, I've got an XO one up there. And I've got some other Ghostbusters stuff there. And now I was like, now it's just a clustered windowsill. So I'm like, I can't do minimalist stuff. Like I'm no. here on my desk, I've got two Raven action figures just because I can't do minimalism apparently. <laughs> no, it's very, very hard to do. Like, can you imagine trying to add something like, no, I can't. It doesn't go with my decor. Oh, it doesn't go <laughs> It's going to mess with the feng shui of this place. Yes. Uh, anyway. Oh, I very much believe in feng shui. Trust me. It's mm-hmm. a thing. Oh, dude, this room is such a mess at the moment and it's stressing me out. Like, it's so messy around here. But anyway, let's get out of here. You need to go to bed. It's very, very late for you. And I'm sorry I've kept you up so late. I can see you flagging a little bit. But let's get... <laughs> Am I falling asleep on the podcast? I just start I telling stories that... I was just telling stories and I'm like, why am I telling stories? Denise needs to go to bed. She's got work to do. No, you know, it's really hard for me to go to sleep right after a show. I have too much energy. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) let's wrap this up. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We'll be back on, well, Andy and Pete will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review. But then on Monday is the Elimination Chamber review. Really excited to do that. And it's the usual Raw SmackDown, AEW, magazine show with me and Denise next week. But until then, take care. Have a great weekend. I love you. Goodbye. Wrestle Talk Rebel, now it's